0: This is David Reed Watson with Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk. Join myself and Cat Crita every Tuesday evening, 10 p.m. BST, 5 p.m. EST, 2 p.m. PST, right here on FirebrandRadio.online.
1: We are Firebrand Radio Online.
0: Welcome to another Tuesday evening here on Rock the Talk, a.k.a. Walk Your Talk with David Reed Watson and... Cat Krita. Yes. Uh, we got a great interview going on this evening. My dad, who Kat got to meet when we were in Georgia, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. He, uh, I thought the cutest part was him uh, riding his motorcycle to the gas station with us when we were on our bike. and
2: Seeing us off. <laughs> that
0: was great. It's, we'll get, he'll talk about um, his uh, learning to ride a motorcycle in this interview and... Which is pretty cool. He's got uh, quite a few words of wisdom. I think my favorite um, was at the very end, where today's wisdom is tomorrow's idiocy. <laughs>
2: well, the most beautiful thing about your dad is that he has had all of these unique experiences in his life, and they've all served to expand him, not diminish him. He, No matter if they were good or bad, they just are, and he's... Expanded from them,
0: yeah. Um, you know, when there's Zeus, Zeus is uh, making sure he's
2: has to be heard.
0: So, Zeus has got a new toy.
2: Um, it's a flea, it's a stuffed animal, (laughs) stuffed flea, six legs, and it's had six legs called flea. (laughs) Six legs, hey Zeus, had, yeah. (laughs) Can I have this? Can I have this? Okay. It says, "Bite me on the back."
0: <laughs> <It> does <laughs> words of wisdom right there. So yesterday we spent the day um, raking leaves and burning. Cat likes to burn stuff.
2: Super cathartic.
0: You <laughs> should see her starting fires. It was great. So I I said that it was two reiki masters out mastering raking. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was fun. That was, uh, neighbors came over, said hi, and it's—I I love this. And my dad will get into the facts of community. And my dad lives down in Southern Georgia, and what he loves about that community is that they are a community. They are Zeus. Please come here. I know. I know. It's all about you. So anyway, um, we're going to get on with the interview here shortly. We're going to play a little bit of music and a little bit of talk and a little bit of music and a little bit of talk. And, um, you know, we're going to we're going to let the new information that we got about the uh, presidency sink in with everybody, whether you like it or not. It looks like Joe Biden is our president. And um, we'll see where America goes from here. So, without further ado, here's some music for you.
3: Don't act the way it should Keeps calling me its master But I
1: feel like it's slave Hauling me faster and faster To an early, early grave and it howls
3: It howls like hell I'm told it's my duty against the law, that wizardry is my trade, and I was born to wait to go, I just want to be a lover, not a red-eyed screaming ghoul, I wish it picked another,
1: to be it's killing too, like Big champion
3: and a whole mystic sign and the whole
2: Listening to Blue Oyster Cult, Black Blade, Muse, a couple from Muse, Supermassive Black Hole, and Dead Inside.
0: Yes, those are good. Yeah. Those are really good. You said that Supermassive Black Hole is your favorite song?
2: Uh, And Dead Inside. It's kind of a tie. Those are two of my favorite Muse songs.
0: And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you now to my father, Mr. Richard Watson. Richard Allen Watson philosopher, teacher, Civil War reenactor, musician, actor. There's not much he doesn't do. And without further ado, for those that don't know you, I want them to understand your brilliance. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs>
0: it is definitely
4: going to be a short interview. <laughs> uh, I i don't know about brilliance, but
2: walk us through some of your highlights some of the things that you're um that you did along the way that you're most proud of or that people wouldn't expect
4: wow i think a lot of people wouldn't expect that i would get to be 80. uh you know life is uh full of turns and and corners and surprises and and different things that Uh, are unexpected and i could have bit the dust at 18 or 28 or 50 but it's just been very lucky uh, to be alive and just to keep tabs on all of you guys i mean david is one of seven and as a result There's been a lot of secrets that have been kept from me over the years. (laughs) And uh, I have eternal thanks to Facebook because I have discovered so much of you guys over so long a period of time just by eavesdropping on your conversations. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and it's been a wonderful experience. Um, oh, I
0: thought I thought I thought we blocked you. <laughs> uh, maybe you, you could very easily do that. Very easily. I, I, I like that you said that about Facebook, because um, uh, right now we're we're um, I, I I'm I'm struggling to find the positive uh, side of social media. So thank you for. Her saying that that has helped you. Yeah,
4: well, how much would uh, society be without social media today? I don't think people sit around the, the, in the living room anymore and just talk. Uh, I, I can't imagine people going on picnics with the family and just conversing about and laughing about each other's being um, I remember doing that wrote uh, in the whole neighborhood which was your whole family mm. and, and which is very rare today uh, I live in Georgia for a lot of reasons but one of which is there still is a tradition in the rural areas that it's similar to that which with I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uncles and aunts uh, right around the corner. If you had a problem, there was always an aunt or an uncle that you could go to and you can get a couple bucks from or you can get some advice as to how to do something that you've never done before. Right. Uh, and there was a whole support network that Most people today don't have, and Mm -hmm. Facebook and the internet has kind of supplemented uh, the nothingness, Mm -hmm. which has resulted from the evolution of our society. Um, Without Facebook, where would you be?
0: Mm. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very. I don't
4: realize because I'm technologically kaput. But (laughs) paper and pencil, I can. Hey, I'm with the best. But when it comes to pressing a button, any five year old can can do me in in a heartbeat. Yes, which is depressing in a way, because Uh, uh, they they look to you as being somewhat naive and out of touch, and I'm afraid they're right. (laughs) 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 Oh gosh. But in terms of what I'm most proud of is still being able to convene in whatever media is available with you guys. You know, I, I don't talk to you as much as I would like, but on the other hand, I don't want to impose upon you as much as I would like. Mm. and uh, kind of leave the door open for you to get a hold of me when, when you know, the heart dictates. So in that respect, uh, I'm, I, I just like to respect your individuality
0: and mm. the priorities that you happen to have at the time. So. Well, I, th- I think the big thing with... Uh... With our family in itself is we've always been very um, involved with so many different things. Like I I, one thing I want to touch on with you, because you've you've had such a full life so far, you know, Uh, um, I mean, you you dabbled in music, you dabbled in art, which, by the way, I didn't know that about you until we saw you painting i was like mm. what he paints and
2: the stained glass and
0: the stained glass Beautiful. and uh, uh, you know it's i i am grateful for your curiosity because that is something i'm i'm very i you know today at work the guys were going is there so- anything you don't do and i go do you mean i don't do well or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do a lot, but I, I, you know, I attribute that, you know, to you because you, you've got this um, incredible curiosity, and if it, if if you're curious about something, you want to see how it works. Now, okay, so when you were a child, because I, I know about my childhood. Hmm. Um. Do you, do you remember when we used to build models and 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 do things like that? And we'd sit there and we'd paint them and and we'd get really meticulous with um, the quality of what we were doing. When you were a child, was what what were the things that fascinated you? Um, yeah, I built model airplanes
4: as well, but in those days we had. Uh, the paint we called dope, and it really was. I tell you, there was—you could sit over that plane and smile for uh oh, uh, at least three or four hours, and uh, <laughs> and it might not turn out to the way you wanted, but you go get another one, a ship or something, and and do the same thing. <laughs> But uh, they cleaned up the axe since uh, since I was a kid. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a uh, so much has changed, but that's okay. That's good. Uh, so
0: okay, so so models stuff like that. I mean, you, you again, like I said, you dabble yeah. in pretty much everything. Where yeah. do you believe that that curiosity stemmed from?
4: I think it's because. I don't ever want to have to say I had an opportunity to, to know something or do something and have it pass by. Because if you do that, then you never really know what it would have been like. And you can only speculate. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a choice of doing something or not doing something, mm-hmm. if you don't do it. What have you learned? You Mm. only have the understanding that you can't feel what it was would have been like had you done it. And that will never go away. Um, I started riding a motorcycle when I was 72. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Not that I couldn't have done it before, but it The opportunity presented itself, and I said, well, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? Right. And I don't want to have to be in a position of having to say, gee, I wish I had... You know, that's a no-end situation. I wish I had. Mm. You can't go back from there. But if you say, yeah, I did it, and it was a stupid thing to do, (laughs) or it was a (laughs) wrong thing to do, then at least you know. Yeah. Is that what we call wisdom? I don't know. Sometimes it's stupidity when you do something, (laughs) and it just turns out wrong. You know? So it's an experience anyway you don't have those kinds of regrets you may have other regrets right but you don't have the regret of saying i wish i had which is rather difficult and pathetic from my point of view
0: yeah yeah i, I which brings me to um okay all right you're a, you're a, a new england english teacher yeah. And you moved to Georgia. Yeah. And you start because of your curiosity and your your love of history, you started doing civil war reenactments and but you did them on the Confederate side.
4: You're oh, a damn yeah.
5: Yankee.
0: <laughs>
5: yeah,
4: they keep reminded me of that, you know. <laughs> but you know, if you take the aggression, if you will, the criticism, the uh, the suspicion, the, the lack of trust of being an outsider, and I don't care whether you're a Southerner doing that with someone from New England or whether you're from New England. Uh, With someone from outside of New England The dynamics are the same You're going to integrate Who you are One way or another Into that society And again It's something That I had never done before Uh, This reenacting Was a Relatively new thing to me I mean I had seen Reenactors in New England And uh, revolutionary Drum corps And so forth Mm -hmm. But when I came To Georgia It was uh, A subculture That was an overlay Of the general culture If you will It wasn't something that dominated The general culture But it the general culture percolated to this attitude there's uh, i love it here uh, i the several ingredients that were in new england that i missed very very much the sense of family is ingrained in georgia Mm. uh religion uh uh, respect for for the deity is ingrained in georgia uh the love of the land the uh feeling of generations having been there and their a love of developing their family to feel the same way their love of history their their it, it just goes on and on mm. i i just i fell in love with it and th- thankfully i was kind of adopted i think at first as an anomaly but later as a part of the the fabric i think um i Become a, a deacon in the local church, color bearer in the reenacting, uh, both Union and Confederate, uh, taught in the local high schools, act in the regional theater, and uh, anything that I can do that's new, that is challenging, uh, is. Uh, I I just would love to love to tackle. I'm not always as good at things as I would like to be mm-hmm. but I'll be as good as I can be and what else um, the uh, whole issue of the confederate flag uh, has kind of become a cancer in our society. I've I have three flag poles outside my house. Mm-hmm. The tallest is the American flag. Mm-hmm. And two other flags. One's a Confederate flag and the other is a Georgia flag. Um, <laughs> Freddie, my wife, says, it looks like a war memorial building out here with <laughs> <those> flags. But, <laughs> hey, uh, there's, you know, it promotes discussion. But most of the time, people just accept it because, you know, you have an individual perspective. And that's another thing that the South really values. You know, the ability to make your own decisions, to decide the way you want to do things. You don't need permission to uh, make these personal decisions uh, the lack of trust in uh, government generally um, any limitation on your personal freedoms is is really jealously guarded, mm. um, and and that's old time thinking. Uh, I don't know. Uh, another thing about maybe I shouldn't be talking because uh, remember old Lincoln best mm-hmm. to be thought a fool then. Open your mouth and remove all doubt. Uh, it's the same, same type of thing here. Uh, they're not always as verbose as you or I am. Uh, they just they have their attitude very difficult to change. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's not a debating society down here. Um, they are very Stayed in their ways, and uh, you can talk to them, mm-hmm. but you won't be talking with them, if you know what I mean. Okay, there it's not an open minded type of society generally, right? right. Uh, it's good enough for Pappy, it's good <laughs> enough for me.
0: When we come back, we'll be talking to my dad further about this stuff. You know what was interesting, Cat, was the um, um, the election results. In Georgia, I think, was still undecided. It was so close, and and you know that's what my dad was talking about about how the people in Georgia are. You know, they're talk. You can talk. What do you say? You can talk with them. But you're really talking at them because they don't—they're not very open to change at all. So it's interesting that he's actually found comfort in that—in that kind of living down there. Um, We're going to be playing a couple songs here. We just found out that uh, Ken Hensley died. He's 75 years old, the keyboard player for Uriah Heep and Cat. Has a couple more of her favorite <laughs> songs, so we're gonna play them. We're gonna play we're gonna pay homage to him. Yes, yes. We will be back. This is Rock the Talk, aka Walk Your Talk, right here on FirebrandRadio.online. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. Um, keyboardists will appreciate this, but uh, when you think about you know keyboards, you don't think about it rocking. You know, it's like a it's like um, just filler or something. But with these guys, they just make it. They just it makes the music. It makes the songs. It
0: does. Deep Purple did that as yes. well. Yes. Very. Yeah. Very much so. Which, it's, it these are the kind of bands where if the keyboard wasn't there
2: the song would not exist. It would not be anything.
0: Yeah, so uh, we wish you well, Ken Hensley, wherever you end up coming back to. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to continue on this conversation with my dad. Rock the talk, a.k.a. walk your talk, right here on firebrandradio.online.
2: Going back to your reenactments, Richard. um, Sure your role did you get to pick that and why did you pick that if you were able to
4: i think it's part of part of the ego part of the showmanship thing where where do you focus your eyes when it comes to a battlefield if you look at films of reenactments most of the films will highlight the flags and the horses and the cannon, and and if they're going to be highlighting that, I'm going to be I'm going to be at the bottom of the flag. Mm. Uh, and I learned uh, from a fellow who is reenacting for at least thirty years, and he was a teacher as well. And. Uh, quite an interesting, wonderful man and uh, he taught me what history was about the different battles and and he had reenacted in them all. He probably well he 40 years he must have been in 500 battles mm. Uh, mm. and each one of them is a little different. And the history dictates certain things you have to do uh there are procedures and and uh there's there's a lot of things that are required in order for it to be authentic i don't want to get into too many details but a a lot of reenactors don't Follow the rules, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, we tried to, in the Georgia Volunteer Battalion, about two thousand members at at its height. Uh, for example, the Battle of Gettysburg, nine hundred fiftieth anniversary battle. There was sixteen thousand people that were on the field, mm. and most of them had a very strong sense. Of what they were doing, and tried to do it the way they did it 150 years before, Uh, and that that honors uh, the memories and the existence of the people that were there. Uh, Very different than now, right? Uh, It really it hurts me to to see how callous and and disregarding people are of other people's feelings Mm. i mean uh the the southerner has a right to to honor its dead over the time and uh it's not going to be forgotten no matter how many people would like it to be so Mm. Um, you know things happen and sometimes bad things happen and the bad things have to be remembered as well as the good
0: I I agree with that completely. I um I remember them talking about you know taking down monuments and getting rid of the Confederate flag. But the the second you try to erase history, you're doomed to repeat it. I believe. Oh well, that's the that's the method.
4: That's right. what they say. Uh, the last one I heard was if you try to eliminate history. Uh, you're doomed to repeat 11th grade because that's where U.S. history <laughs>
0: was <laughs> <at>. <laughs> oh <God>. But, uh,
5: <laughs> you
0: know, a funny, funny story, Dad. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in 11th grade, well, actually, when I actually went into 12th grade, most of my peers were um, out of school, but I had to do the whole full year because the Marine Corps said to me, oh, oh, you're failing your classes? Um, If you fail them, you can't go in the Marines. Mm -hmm. So I think I took three histories my my senior year. Wow. Yeah. So I, I pay a lot more attention to history now.
4: Well, yeah, I don't know if that's a reaction or it's just, but whatever it is, It's probably good for you. um, History is a hard, hard thing to get your head around, especially when you're a youngster. Uh, It doesn't somehow feel relevant. You know, what do I care about these old people did 150, 200 years ago? Uh, Give me a beer and show me where the party is, and I'll be very happy. Uh, But it's... Things will change over time. It goes around, comes around, and the values will will dictate uh, different behaviors over time.
0: Good. But- so you had you had said um, uh, you know uh, carrying the flag was important for you, yeah. And, and the reenactments now, my whole life you've been an actor. You've yeah. always done theater, either building sets. Or mm-hmm. being an actor on stage. Yeah. When I was born, you were a musician. Yeah. When did that? When did that transition start? Well,
4: I've. I was an actor when I was thirteen. The first show I was ever in was a Gilbert and Sullivan operetta called Iolanthe. and uh, at. From that point on, I was in as many plays and musicals and and performance venues as I could get my hands into. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I can't I was trying to go through the other day the different plays and things that I had been involved with over the years, but I had to give it up. I couldn't remember them all. You've done uh, a lot.
0: You've done a lot. Well, so, so the I've music, open, yeah. the music was just a byproduct of your acting, and that was just a phase.
4: Well, yeah, but it was a performance venue, and mm-hmm. uh, the performing was the important thing. Sports is another, you know, I don't, venue you, performing. That's you were a basket basketball player.
0: Basketball baseball, basketball, baseball, basketball, oh. right. Yeah, so when but. you were when you were a kid, um, I, t- one thing that I, we don't really talk much about, but I think is very important to touch on is your father. Yeah. Um, Doc died when I was fairly young, so I don't know a lot about him. Um, right. What what aspects of him do you see passed down in your children? I think it's more
4: of a reaction to him than anything that would reflect him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was not a, a bad man, don't get me wrong. He was a very social person. Maybe that's something that has kind of transferred because mm-hmm. uh, every one of you are very social. Uh, but he was also very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an individual that worked very hard at what he did, had a good vision of what his future would be and how to, how to make it real. Um, he was uh, consistent. He was a rock. But true to the time, Um, he wanted to make sure his family was secure. And then that led to a lot of different things. One was I had two sisters and uh, they dumped everything into me. Uh, They gave me uh, the opportunity to to get a fine education in a preparatory school. Mm -hmm. And my kids' sisters never had that opportunity. It was a time when the male was the breadwinner, and and he was the one that was to be groomed in order to be able to fulfill that role. Mm -hmm. And the women's roles were not that they were to be home and to do the cooking and all of the things that <laughs> women have kind of poo-pooed um, mm-hmm. in modern times. So it was demeaning in so many respects, looking back. But I always felt bad that that they had devoted so much effort to me okay. at, at what seemed to me to be at the expense of my sisters. Now they didn't look at it, things that way, mm. but and another thing is, uh, he he wanted to make sure that he had no debt, mm. and uh, so he rented out a, a second floor of our our home. It was like a A big apartment Mm -hmm. and uh, there was an Air Force base nearby where he would uh, advertise people uh, if they needed some place to stay for they need to have a lease with them and so forth but I remember a formative point and I don't know how or why this happened but Um, There was a black family that he rented to. It was a husband, wife, and a a smaller child. I can't remember how old, maybe three. Mm -hmm. But I remember him coming out of the house while they were on the front lawn in lawn chairs. uh, And he thought that was objectionable in some way. You didn't sit out on the lawn in the front and uh, drink beer and and so forth. So he he told them that they were no longer welcome. Huh. And I went after him for some reason. I said that's not right. Mm. And I can't ever remember having done that before. And you remember Judy, Mm -hmm. my youngest sister who passed away 10 years ago. She reminded me of that. Uh, And it was a formative thing in her life as well. She ended up marrying a black man. uh, And it was... It was a different way of thinking You don't do certain things Because society frowned upon them And he was very sensitive to that Mm. Uh, And I don't think uh, I was And I obviously still am not But Mm. it was a time Which I reacted Against him his image rather than for it Uh, now there was a lot of things that he did very well and uh, he influenced me positively but for some reason that sticks in my mind Mm, what years are those is that in the 50s or oh yeah it was I'm guessing even earlier
1: Mm -hmm.
4: probably let's see uh Yeah, about 1950. I was uh, about 10 years old. Right. Yeah. And Judy was about six. I'm amazed that she would remember that.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure it had quite an impact because I I know us, something like that would be very hard, but the moral bone overrides everything. And, you know... um, yeah, I, I, I understand that because I'm, I'm the same exact way. I think I think sometimes when it happens, we kind of walk away going, oh, Lord, I have to open my mouth. Why can't I just shut up? <laughs> but we can't. Uh,
4: that's true. That's true. But, <laughs> hey, again, it's that same idea. If you don't open your mouth, are you going to regret that? It's better to open your mouth And say what you have to say And if it's wrong It's wrong But at least you've done it uh, Rather than always wish that you had Uh, So that's okay That's okay I have to learn some lines for a show We've got coming up Mm -hmm. What Down here they call it uh, Thursday a week Thursday a week yeah, that's uh, oh, eight days from now.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's- uh, I, I just want to ask you a few more questions and then, and then uh, we'll let you learn your lines. Yes. Um, when we come back, we'll talk to him more. You know what? Um, what's great about being um, in, in, in the relationship that I'm in right now is that um, I get challenged by certain things that I don't necessarily believe in but don't that I don't not believe in as well. I'm not sure. It's um but part of the and I have to attribute this to my dad, part of the growing process and learning process is actually listening to other opinions, you know. You know, the reason my dad went down and in Georgia and started doing civil war reenactments on the Confederate side was curiosity. He in our family for the most part, I can say this for sure that we we cannot talk about anything that we have not experienced. And so when I hear about different things about what happened in our election system I have to know There's this There's this piece inside of me That I have to know So I have a A very Difficult time Um Right now With the With um The Democratic Party And the Republican Party And Kat Pretty much And I'm gonna let you Run with this Because this is Stuff that you're You know You've done a, You've done quite a bit of research On lately And which it it, it makes it makes the hair on my back go up because maybe there's a part of me. I don't want to believe this. And it might all be malarkey, as Joe Biden would say. Anyway, uh, we don't know. But here's but I guess these questions need to be posed. Right.
2: True, true. You know, I, I think that's one of the things I appreciate about you is because people that are curious are always learning, and people that are learning are growing, and they're not, they haven't, you know, painted themselves into a corner. They haven't, you know, they haven't said this is the box that I can't go. I can't go outside of the box, you know. Right. And um, I, you know, I I have. You know, I have very definite opinions too. You have you have opinions, most definitely, and um, I think the the white elephant in the room, you know, to me is that um, as an American, just just off the heels of an election, uh, that there are. Um, let's say let's say allegations of fraud and and to me this offends my sense of of patriotism i mean mm-hmm. because we depend that our election system and we and we we want it and hope and depend on it to be accurate and fair so this isn't really about democratic and Republican, this is to me is about um, our system, and is it working fairly?
0: Yeah, there's a um, a lot of the questions that I have about that. Um, I you know I, I remember when we looked up a couple days ago, and and Georgia uh, Biden was ahead by one thousand seven hundred and seventy six votes that's like a neighborhood that's a very very small amount of people um so either you know here's i i don't again i don't know the answers but it comes down to you know the questions i have of okay either we are more divided in the last four years or the government system is toying with us And I want to bring back, um, and I'm going to repeatedly bring this back because I think it's a very, very, very important movie, is The Social Dilemma. And what they talk about with the algorithms has nothing to do with people at all. It happens to do with how we as people, um, um, patterns that we have, the algorithms pick up on these patterns and they... um, they do their best to keep us online so whatever that might mean for each of us individually some of us might not get um we might not um get our buttons pushed by having um uh by seeing uh adverse things you know like but some people do some people um they have something come up and something adverse to what they believe in comes up and they get all fired up and have to find out the information about it and you know so every individual is different but the algorithms seem to know your patterns so they know how to push those buttons they know how to get you and it seems like it's Divided us even more as a nation. I mean, we know right now, demographically, that blues are bluer, reds are redder.
2: (laughs) But is that just an illusion,
0: David? Like, what do you mean?
2: Like, we know that algorithms, uh, you know, they um, have the ability to influence people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. But did they really... Did they really influence us to the degree that we think? Maybe that's an illusion, too.
0: It's possible. It's possible. But I have more faith in, like, again, I'll go back to the social dilemma. Um, These guys that created all this. Firmly believe this. I believe that they believe this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't oh, believe. Right, yeah. So there's something to that.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. Um,
0: uh, Mickey Willis believes what he believes when he came out with Plandemic. Um, I firmly believe that he believes that. So, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of people that believe in UFOs, but I've never seen one. So does that mean that UFOs don't exist?
2: No, no, it doesn't mean they don't exist. But um, I, I'm just, I'm I'm looking at the election. I'm thinking algorithms. Yeah, maybe they swayed a few undecided type people. Mm -hmm. Um, But to the degree that it did, I. The That it showed in the numbers that were okay. reported by the mainstream media? I don't know.
0: Let's go total conspiracy theory, because um, what you said to me off air, I found very interesting the, about the watermarks on
2: ballots. Okay, so um, anticipation of funny business mm-hmm. um, in the election, uh, the president from this is from what i understand here is that he worked with i think it's the cia to create a ballot with a watermark so in you know uh, mass-produced um phony ballots are going to be easily distinguished Mm -hmm. distinguished and um And I, I think that's what's that's might be what's happening right now is they're working on figuring out, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: were every one of those ballots that we think were cast were all of those legit? I mean, people are stepping forward. Different people are saying, "Hey." I found out that I are, I went to go vote and found out that I had already voted apparently mm-hmm. and my ballot wasn't wasn't uh, accepted and hey I looked at this database and it said my dead uncle went and voted yeah um, so you know there's you know it's 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 hard and it's hard but I think at this point just staying super neutral mm-hmm. and open to the fact that. Yes, this might be our new president. It is what it is
1: well or dead.
2: and a also that the election wasn't what we think it is, mm-hmm. so staying open in both ways so that I can process like for me just to process right. what this next week brings, you know mm-hmm. um because two thousand and twenty has been a year of enormous surprises
0: it has it's um yeah so I don't discount anything you know here here here's some okay i'm i'm everybody knows that I can't stand trump uh, you know every everybody that I know knows that um I don't like him as a person. I don't believe that you know the the top of the heap should be shit because that rolls downhill, but that's my own belief, but I will say this. We have received multiple ballots in this household for the same person.
2: Multiple? Yes. Upon multiples. Yes.
0: So that, you know, again, made me go, er Also, when we went to go vote, I remember I, I brought my passport. I brought a piece of mail that had my address on here because my license has my Las Vegas address still. Yes. Um, nobody asked me for any of those they just asked me for my name that was it
2: and you're registered here but you also could have mailed in voted over in nevada
0: right or i could have been i could have been my brother-in-law or something and said you know hey hey bob can you do me a favor can you go vote for me because I, i i i just don't i'm i'm tired he could have bob could have gone there right
2: uh, yeah, and I you know I think from a purely you know standpoint as a citizen of this country, I would want to see this process na- more nailed down than it is that it, right. that it could that could it even that it could even have this type of a situation where we're wondering, is it accurate? is, is horrible at this stage of the game?
0: Well, let's see if we get more wisdom from my dad coming up soon. But before we do that, we want to play a couple songs. And, um, you know, I I, I absolutely love the song. And not many people outside of Boston know this band. The band was called the Blake Babies. And they had um, um, their singer, Juliana Hatfield, did a lot, of, a lot of stuff with Lemonheads. She did her own stuff, Juliana Hatfield 3. Um, but the chorus in this is... It just it hits home for right now all i want to do is fuck shit up <laughs> yeah uh rock the talk aka walk your talk with cat and dave that's right we will be back here shortly
1: rolling okay
0: Of mine, you know, there was a time in my life when I, I, you know, I didn't really like my dad because he left when I was seven. Yeah, but as you get older, you you realize um, some relationships don't last, and there is going to be carnage, and it's how we uh, how we put together that carnage and how we. Um, glue it all back together again you know one one thing I can say about my dad is that even known you know my mom and him divorced he made the choice to stay in my life you know
2: yeah I think uh I think, as we get older every you know every you know seven to ten years we we're a whole different person, mm-hmm. and so we go back and we look at these experiences in our life, and the frame changes mm. because we've changed, and our understanding of the world at large of the dynamics of people and of individual situations and things that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Those all change the frame around that situation mm-hmm. that you found so horrible at one age. You know, ten years later you're like you see it from a little a different perspective. And you grow as you grow through your whole life, you'll go look back and look at these things with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is as you get older, you look at it, you see it, and you're more detached, and and you've let go of it more. And that's um, and that's just all that you can do is really, you know, when you when something happens, um, you just wanna you just wanna get on the other side of that and right. and be and be okay and within yourself because. That situation may not have been what you thought it was.
0: Yeah, you learn that. Yeah, actually, I've learned it having been divorced a couple times myself. You just you're like, oh, am I a bad person, or was it just a bad choice? You know
2: and maybe it was you know maybe that all it all ends up serving you in the end to Mm -hmm. be maybe it's part of what makes you you in the very best sense is the fact that you've had that experience whether it be a divorce or strife with a parent
0: right we have um I'm very fortunate to have um to be the oldest of seven you know um And that that was a choice. That was a choice. I could easily just say that, you know, Cindy had Derek and David, but I decided that it it was myself, it was Fred, it was Derek, it was Darlene, it was Michelle, it was Nicole, it was Eric, and Lizette, who isn't really biologically related to me at all. But her mother is my dad's second wife so she's i've adopted her as my little sister because i think um you know i think you've mentioned this before too we we create our
2: families too Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely
0: you know there's your
2: tribe is is people that care about you that you care about too and that you you choose to stay in touch with and they stay in touch with you. Yeah. Um and you can't deny the experiences that you've had with them. You know, they mm-hmm. you had the sibling experience with them. Right. Weekends, uh it doesn't matter. It you know, the that bond is there. That's those are your siblings.
0: Okay. On that note, we're going to get back with uh the interview with my dad and um we'll be back in a little bit. This is Rock the Talk, aka Walk Your Talk, with Dave and Kat. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to us on Firebrand Radio. Online. What inspires you?
4: What inspired me? Well, um, <laughs> women women Mm -hmm. always inspired me uh the uh the love of of having a a young lady by on your arm has always been a very pleasurable thing for me Mm -hmm. um trying to do things that i hadn't done before (laughs) finding new things to to experience uh, going places you haven't been before, uh, learning different cultures, different attitudes, understanding how other people think. Uh, I remember there was a an English teacher in the prep school I went to who was a retired ambassador to Turkey. And he was always telling us stories about his experiences but when he retired he was in turkey ready to uh, to get on the plane the next day and they had a retirement party for him so the turkish representative uh which was his counterpart said to him he said bill he says, we've been friends for many years, he says, but there's things I don't understand about you. And he says, really? He says, uh, yes, what are they? He says, well, for example, the way you, you drink, he says, you take alcohol to make it strong and you add water to make it weak. And then you put in lemon, to make it sour, and sugar to make it sweet. You put in ice to make it cold and spice to make it hot. Then you say here's to you and you drink it yourself. So... So, I've never (laughs) forgotten the whole idea of different perspectives from people in different societies. People don't think alike. You know, you think of being a human being, your process is the same. And so, but it's not a matter of digesting, it's a matter of a learned process. And that's something that I wish more people had some experience with um because that would give i think a more understanding perspective to how other people uh, feel and why they do what they do i mean don't get me wrong i don't agree with everything people do right but agreeing and understanding are two different things. And if you have an understanding of what people are doing, then you've got at least a couple of things going for you. You've got a tolerance. You have an ability to make an influence on someone if you and they choose to go there. Uh, If you don't understand them, there's no way they are going to uh, listen to what you have to say. And if they're not listening, there there's no influence. And yeah. I think in to some respects, that's where we are in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stop listening. And therefore, we don't have any influence over anyone other than those that agree with us.
0: And that, yeah. So. yeah that's that's it that's ex, uh, that really segues into what I wanted to at, talk about with the social media I know that social media um, the way that the algorithms work in, on in the computer systems it's very good at segregating or at least putting people with the like-minded people so you never get an objective opinion nor do you want an objective opinion it seems yeah right yep.
4: Just tell me what I want to hear, and I'll be very happy. Otherwise, right. I'm pressing the button, and you're gone into the ether. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I like Freddie. My wife is Jewish, and she mm. ought, would always say, "If you want an argument, just you know, get two Jews in the same room, and you've got three arguments." And and. <laughs> And uh, it, well, that's not the same with me because I'm not Jewish. We right. definitely have some interesting discussions.
1: Right.
4: Um, I wouldn't call them arguments; I ju- just discussions.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But it's, again, perspective. Uh, I, I I have a lot of, as you know, uh, Native American things in and yeah. around the house because i am very much in sync with the the compatibility with nature with harmony in the universe with the ability to become to be a understand that you are a part of this whole scheme of things not above it uh, not in control of it but being blessed to be here at all, and, and I think that Native American culture came as close as any to living that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were brutal, they were. They had their difficulties, they, they had their rivalries, their, their genocides, if you will, but they weren't always these, I'm going to sit around and dance by the campfire type of mm-hmm. thing. But at bottom line, they had some basic understanding of what this universe is and uh, who they were within it. And I, in some respects, I think we've lost that too. But that's all right. It's not all about loss. It's evolution. And uh, mm-hmm. the kids that are coming along now are, are going to do okay because their world will be quite different than the one that you or I grew up in. And mm. they'll deal with it. They will.
0: Yeah, there's... Um, right now, what what's happening in the country, um, the unrest, you know, the fires, the racism, um, mm-hmm. or it, it seems, seemingly, um, that the whole... You know, that we're not going to make it. But... To me, this kind of parallels the the late '60s, and we did make it. Hmm. Um, do you foresee? Uh, well, when you were in the late '60s, did you foresee a a future, or was it the same as as the kids might be thinking today that they're they're it's kind of hopeless?
4: Ah. Uh. I don't know is that what kids are thinking today it's kind of hopeless
0: huh well I, I think a lot of the cat, cats got four kids and um I don't know if they really see a future because oh. because uh you know the schools and, and whatnot and um that's 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 what I get as a as a a general overlying feeling. I mean, we're we're seeing we're seeing teen suicides and and things like that. People just yeah. ch- checking out. But has that always been the paradigm?
4: Well, there's there's always been the tragedy of of youngsters feeling they can't cope or they don't want to be involved, and uh, some of them decide to to check out. Uh, But I just think it's different mm-hmm. and that I wouldn't be able to function anywhere near as well as the youngsters today in their world, because, right. you know, it's it's there's. St- their world is very, very different, and their skills are very different. That are to compensate for the difficulties in their world. My, my world was it was very traditional. Uh, I grew up where there are dirt gr- dirt roads, where we had we walked from home to school twice a day. You didn't have lunch in the school. You walked home and you had a patrol leader that was one of the students that helped others walk home in order to get their lunch and then walk back to school again and Mm -hmm. then walk them back after school. I mean, it was uh, very orderly, uh, predictable and in most cases a very secure kind of existence which I'm not sure the kids today have that luxury mm. um, it's not as predictable but somehow or another they seem to be able by and large to cope with it mm. Uh mm. Yeah. I mean, our rules were set out. You know, you do this or you get your butt kicked. Uh, and if you want to get your butt kicked, we'll be able to take care of that.
0: Do you, uh, do, you, do you think that discipline stemmed from the the World War II era? Is that?
4: Well, I don't know. I, I think if it, the World War II era, I think, made discipline a little less... Oh uh, yeah, uh, I think th- the people that were in World War II saw a side of life that gave them a value of of saying that these these children of mine are precious, and I have to treat them accordingly. Those that came before, uh, life was hard. And you know the kids had to play their part, and most, for the most part, they did. So right. there wasn't necessarily a lot of a lot of abuse or spanking. But when it came to World War II, they started spoiling the kids. Hmm. Um, and I think, you know, you talk about happy days—that TV show. Yeah. Well, in some respects, that's very very representative of the 1950s. It was an artificial time that had not happened before. Kids hanging around in a malt shop. My goodness, I could not imagine my father as a teenager hanging around in a malt shop in the 1930s. Mm. You know, we we started getting spoiled in the 50s. Right. And... Uh, it was just that angelic period where the innocence started to clash with the reality that we didn't have to. You know, we weren't going to die if we broke the rules. Right. It wasn't a matter of innocent uh, pushing the envelope. It was a matter of people consciously Deciding that You know, we can be Independent um, And not Something that Was just the General acceptance, which had happened For generations Before
0: Interesting. Uh, wow, that was Interesting hearing about um, The 50s, I didn't I never thought of the 50s as that I thought maybe because of the World War Two, that, but no, I guess it—it it really was a happy days, in a way. Kind of a surreal, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, you know, they were, you know, um, at that point in history, we weren't like, you know, an agricultural work, work, work kind of. It wasn't all work. Um, kids actually did have some. Luxury of time. They weren't on the farm, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and working, thanks.
2: you know, all day long, and so there was, you know, that change at that time.
0: And I'm glad because that's when rock and roll started. You know, Buddy Holly, you know, the Big Bopper, stuff like that. If the, if that never, I guess if they didn't have that time and that luxury to, you know, so yeah. Interesting, interesting. Uh, so, kind of gives a perspective of, of how our elders see things differently. We're gonna, Cat um, Scott, she, she's uh, and I, I am too. I'm a big Incubus fan. Cat uh, wants to do a triple shot of yeah. Incubus.
2: Would you want me to tell them what songs we're gonna play?
0: You can if you want. Right. I can tell. We can tell them after too. It's totally your call.
2: Let's tell them before. Okay, do it. All right, we're going to play Six Sad Little World, and we're going to play Nimble Bastard off their newest uh, CD, and then um, a song off the Spawn soundtrack, which is one of my favorite songs by them. It's called Familiar.
3: Familiar ring every time I sing about Cycle that is everything in life. No doubt I, I, I reiterates so and my jaw is all set, but I'll say it again anyway. What you give is what you give Look at you now, look at you now, you're yeah. putting your place, putting your place stop oh. Medicine,
5: all medicine is smacked in the face, smack in the face, again Look at you now, look at you now, you're put in your face, put in your place, uh so All
3: medicine, all medicine is smacked in the face, smacked in the face, okay the back comes, swinging back around And the teeth of our familiar medicine is abound on your breath, breath Calling back to me Cause you know what I'll say, brother. Let your knees bleed, please. Look at you now, look at you now. You're put in your place, put in your place. So uh, all medicine, all medicine is smacked in the face, smacked in the face again. Okay? Look at you now, look at you now. You're put in your place, put in your place. So uh, all medicine, all medicine.
0: incubus right now we're going to get back into the conversation with my father richard allen watson you're listening to rock the talk aka walk your talk right here on Firebrand Online.
2: you know there's there's a lot of parallels between the 60s and now in in um in the turmoil sense but Back in the '60s, there was also it was also a time when people were talking a lot about um, unifying and love and mm-hmm. uh, peace, how to be peaceful. Um, do you think we went far enough with that? And if we didn't really follow all the way through, where do you think we got off track?
4: <laughs> I guess you know. How could you answer a question? Do we have enough love? <laughs> uh, how, how can you say, "Oh yeah, we got plenty of love"? You know, look around.
2: Where did we? Where I, did I, we? What did we replace that with? If we don't have enough right now, if we're not, if we're not showing it, if it's not part of our daily lives, uh, in the degree that it we should. I mean, where? What we? What did we replace it with? You
4: can't replace love. You know, what, you're going to say $3.85? Oh, how about I... two, $200? Can I replace love with $200? Uh, how about a new car? Oh, yeah, that would be great. Or a vacation to the Bahamas. How much is love worth? You know, there is a relationship or there's not a relationship and there's quality relationships and there's abrasive relationships. Love encompasses all of those things, but with an acceptance that I value you and you value me and as a result, we'll accept each other with or some of the good things and some of the bad things but we will endure it and can you have too much of that? I don't know so much has been replaced by suspicion and doubt and dishonesty and uh and short term thinking that it's become a, a part of the fabric of our society. Mm-hmm. You know, why should we have a, an honest or, or permanent relationship when we don't know that anything is permanent? Uh, I, I really think we've lost so much when we get away from the rural Georgia attitude, mm. we know our family, we know our values, we know our God, we know our town, we know uh, that we are who we are. Mm. And nothing's going to change that.
2: That's what I suspect, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, was, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> The uh we're coming up on, on on closing here. I Oh no I I, I know
1: I, I oh. for, for, for this
0: for this <laughs> chapter. For this chapter. Yeah. Okay. Um thank you so much for all your words of wisdom. I would like to ask you to impart some final words of wisdom for those okay. listening.
4: Oh, you know who's really listening (laughs) is my dog, Coco. She's just (laughs) looking up at me now with this wonder in her eyes. And she has got her tail going. And she says, maybe he's going to take me for a walk. (laughs) And oh, that will be it. Oh, now she's climbing up on. Oh, she's. She's on my arm, Uh sweetheart. Now she's on my chest. I don't know what wisdom is. I just... And anybody that tells you they have wisdom, watch it. Because, uh, (laughs) yeah. My dog has wisdom, Uh, don't you, sweetheart? Yeah. Have you been a good girl? Yeah, you've been a good girl. Well, uh, I hope that you're able to do what you do with this technology and it's been fun just talking with you. Yes. But how much wisdom is imparted is always debatable. Today's wisdom is tomorrow's idiocy. huh? <laughs> and vice versa.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now that's some wisdom. You're never going to get a short answer out of my dad but he will come around to Making a point, and it actually has a deeper impact, I think
2: yeah he's he's got a lot of insight.
0: great show, great show. Thank you for joining us this evening this afternoon, wherever you are in the world, and if you're listening to this rebroadcasted um, whatever time in the world you are we've uh, there's a lot going on. A lot in this world, but I think some very important things that my dad um, said in the last segment here was to value people, value people um, for who they are, where they're at, what they're going through and um, know that everybody is different and everybody has different ideals and that love rules; fear does not.
2: Yeah, don't paint yourself into a corner. You know, let things unfold the way they unfold, and be accepting and be able to learn mm-hmm. and and adapt. Because you know there isn't enough love in the world, and so at least keep that going at home. You can at least have that at home if you can't. If it's not out there. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others.
0: Yep. And if you've got a cocoa or a Zeus or a Pippin,
2: <laughs> walk your dog.
0: Walk your dog. <laughs> Rock the walk talk, aka dog. walk your talk or walk your dog. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week right here on Firebrand Radio dot online.
2: See ya.